Hey there and welcome. I'm Kinsey Dozinski, host of the Brave Marriage Podcast. This is a community for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and lead mutually empowered, purposeful lives. And the next three episodes are dedicated to unpacking that mission more fully. Through the month of June, I'll be painting these concepts in broad strokes, meaning I want you to get a sense of what all is included in the mission of brave marriage. Then starting in July, we'll begin to break things down, way down. But today we'll be honing in on growing as individuals. Now, for a marriage podcast, I realize this goal is somewhat unique, especially as the first topic. Why are we talking about personal growth? Because it's the key to a brave and a meaningful marriage. The best way to grow my marriage is to grow myself. This concept was modeled for me growing up, and I've watched it transform not only my parents' marriage, but so many couples I've worked with. And that's why it's the first teaching on this podcast. It's a message that I think needs to be shared even more because when we get it, people's lives are changed, and not just ours. For better or worse, our lives create a ripple effect that leave an impact, whether we mean to or not. So there are three components to growing as individuals that I briefly want to discuss today, which are gaining self-awareness, finding our God-given identity, and learning to self-differentiate. Growing as individuals requires self-awareness, because if we're the type of people who desire to grow and get better, we first have to know where we stand. See, I can hope all day long for a better marriage, but if I'm unaware that I'm a lousy listener or that the way I'm communicating is actually pushing my partner away, then I'm in no place to make my marriage better. So instead, I continue to do more of the same thing that's not working, all because I haven't taken the time to self-reflect. So we need to learn how to give ourselves the space and the grace to really take a look at where we are. And we need to be truthful yet kind with ourselves as we take an honest look in the mirror. When we do this, we'll likely find some themes that run all the way through. For example, we may find that we're more stressed than we realized. And when we're stressed, our bodies release a hormone called cortisol, which affects our physiology. And when our physiology is in a stressed state, our mental state, no matter how calm, cool, or collected we usually are, reverts to self-protection. And then when we're operating out of a self-protective mode, we're likely to feel anxious or angry more quickly, which then affects our relationships and so on. You get the picture. So my point is, though, that we're multidimensional human beings. Our biology, psychology, social, and spiritual natures all influence each other. So when we really work to gain self-awareness, not only do we begin to see how one small thing could be influencing other areas, but we also have the opportunity to improve more than one area at once simply by reflecting and getting to the real root of the issue. Now, if you're seriously interested in doing this and working through this process, I've put together a PDF of 20 questions to ask yourself. These are questions you probably don't normally take the time to reflect on, but they're all aimed at helping you become more aware. For example, mentally, what do you think about yourself? Or in other words, what thoughts or self-talk are you engaging in throughout your day? Emotionally, what kind of things drain your energy? What things bring you life? And spiritually, 
What kind of relationship do you want to have with God? And what's keeping you from that? So I'm curious, did you have any noticeable reactions to those questions? If so, that's actually great because whatever came up for you means there's likely something there to pay a bit more attention to. So to get the entire list of questions to work through this on your own, just visit bravemarriage.com grow, enter your name and email, and I'll send you that worksheet via email. Now, when it comes to finding our God-given identity, we do this not necessarily by asking questions of ourselves, but by asking questions of God, about his heart, about his character, about our being made in his image. As David Benner wrote in The Gift of Being Yourself, if we find God, we find our most authentic self. You guys, this is what Jesus meant when he said, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. But I appreciate Benner's quote because it gives clear equal weight to the result of losing ourselves, whereas we often get stuck on the sacrifice part, right? The result of this surrender, by the way, is discovering freedom and fullness and life in Christ that we can't find anywhere else. But we sure as heck try, don't we? We search for ourselves in our careers, in our businesses, in our marriages, in our children, in our achievements or reputation even in our leadership or ministry. And usually we have the best of intentions, so a lot of times this happens unknowingly. Like we think we're doing these things for God, and that can translate into being defined by them. When we strive to do for God without spending regular time with Him, we operate out of a works-based theology which says, I have to earn my worth to get to God's love. And when we do this, albeit unintentional, Our identities get misplaced in our roles rather than in relationship with Him. And even though I've been a believer for the past, oh, 20 years of my life, this is something I've really just come to understand within the past few. You'll hear me mention this from time to time, but in 2015, my husband and I had an ectopic pregnancy. For three years prior, I'd worked to build a business and even a small team that provided me with flexible hours and sustainable income so that I could work toward my plan of becoming a mom. Well, when that didn't happen, my world was kind of rocked, but it launched me into a season of pruning, which I wouldn't understand until later. I had a fresh sense of purpose in my work on the one hand, but a search for significance on the other. So it took me some time to realize that my identity is found in Christ alone, not in a role that may or may not be fulfilled or taken away, and not even in the specific purpose I feel He's called me to of equipping couples in their first few years of marriage. My very being and being with Him is enough. Does that make sense? I wanted to share that bit of my story with you because— I can remember being in a place where I would have felt resistant to the suggestion that I was trying to find my identity in the wrong place, when in fact, that was true in my life more than one time. So please hear me say that this is a shared human experience, and it's a shared spiritual experience, this freedom in Christ, when we finally discover who we already are. So how do we go about this? We read God's Word. For understanding, yes, but going a step further, we read to let it transform us. To actually experience Jesus in the entire narrative of God's love throughout the Bible so that we begin to see ourselves with proper perspective. See, study is useful for insight and understanding, but experiencing it, 
inserting ourselves into the story and the narrative, that's what changes and transforms us. One way to go about this is to simply ask God to reveal our desires, where they're out of alignment with His, and ask how He wants to change our hearts, which is another way to find our God-given identities, is through prayer, through simply being with God, and letting Him speak to us just as we speak to Him. Now, I debated whether or not to just stop this episode here because I've already given you a lot of information to act on. But since we're talking about the mission of brave marriage, this next concept is just too integral to leave out. So I'll try to do it justice, but succinctly. The concept I'm referring to is differentiation of self. It's a concept coined by Murray Bowen in the 1950s, one of the founders of family systems theory. The term differentiation is used across different industries, so you may already have some idea that it refers to setting something apart from the whole. For example, if you're in business and you want to stay in business, it's important to stand out in the marketplace, hence the need to differentiate your product, services, or brand. But here's our working definition of differentiation, becoming more of ourselves in relationship to each other. And that last part, in relationship to each other, is vitally important to understanding how to grow as individuals within marriage. Because what I'm not promoting is growing apart from one another. You know, a lot of times people think that their only option is to lose themselves in relationship or find themselves outside of relationship. But that's because they don't get the concept, or maybe never saw it modeled, of becoming more of who you are, not less, in relationship. As Dr. David Schnarch says in Passionate Marriage, giving up your individuality to be together is as defeating in the long run as giving up your relationship to maintain your individuality. Either way, you end up being less of a person with less of a relationship. The only true and healthy way of relating must include differentiation of self. We can't attain oneness and intimacy without it. Think about it. If I don't know who I am, what I think or what I feel, or if I don't express my concerns or desires in my marriage, how can my husband ever really know me? And if he doesn't really know me because either I don't know myself or I'm too afraid to share myself— then how can I ever experience the gift of being fully known and fully loved? So what does differentiation of self look like? It looks like standing firm in who we are in our relationships. We just talked earlier about finding our God-given identities, which is actually a huge part of this. Because when we know who we are from the inside out, It allows us to remain steady and unthreatened when someone disagrees or sees things differently than us. If you want a number of examples of what this looks like, just flip through Jesus' ministry in the Gospels. Time after time, he remains steady in relationship to doubting disciples, the religiously pious, and even when tempted by Satan in the desert. Differentiation also looks like staying in control of our strong emotions— not allowing them to hijack our reasonableness. Now, what this looks like in marriage is, instead of withdrawing or going off on your spouse when you become flooded with emotion, it's saying to your spouse when you have those strong emotions, 
you know, I'm feeling really overwhelmed or frustrated right now. So when I've calmed down and can think more clearly, I'd be open to talking then, right? Because when we respond calmly, even when we're upset, we keep from being passive or aggressive and we communicate respect for ourselves and for our spouse. When we choose to be a grown-up rather than using our emotional whims and reactions unproductively or in a hurtful way. And finally, it looks like allowing others to be themselves in relationship with us. This means when our spouse does something we don't like, we feel embarrassed by, or we disagree with, we remain in our own skin without feeling so affected. Now, I'm not talking about our spouse doing something damaging to our relationship. I'm talking about little irritations, the personality quirks, the pet peeves. Because when we remember that our spouse was made in the image of God just like us, and we can learn to make space for them to be different than us, our attitudes will begin to shift so that we can instead laugh and enjoy and find those things endearing. All right, friends, we did it. We made it through the first real episode. And I hope this has given you a good place to start when it comes to growing as individuals. So your action step for today is to snag that PDF and answer the questions for yourself. If you really want to get into it, you can take it a step further by discussing what you learned about yourself with your spouse. Again, to get that PDF of 20 questions, just visit bravemarriage.com grow. And one last thing, if you've enjoyed these first two episodes, please rate and review this new podcast. I'm running a giveaway for reviews right now over on Instagram, so if you want to get in on that before it ends, you can find me at Kinsey Dzinski. My prayer for us today is that we'd become men and women who give up our childish ways so that we might learn to speak, think, and reason maturely while growing alongside our spouse. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Love is not a battle Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile it is